hello and welcome to the Soccer Sofa. Stay tuned for an action-packed football podcast. This week we preview Manchester United's Europa League final, who's going to replace Mazzari at Vicarage Road and are Monaco the most exciting team in Europe. Uh, so, hello and welcome again along to the Soccer Sofas podcast. Uh, I'm joined again today by Jack Cox. Hello, Elliot. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. And Bradley Hayden. How are you, mate? Yeah, not bad. Uh, so, we're going to kick off today's podcast by talking about the, the Europa League final between Manchester United and Ajax. Obviously, Manchester United, they scraped through in the last round, didn't they, against Celta Vigo. If it was uh, for Man City training up their players a bit better and giving John, <laughs> John Gadetti a bit more finishing training, then perhaps we would be saying that what a disastrous first season it has been for Mourinho. But they are in the final, so they've got a chance to qualify for the Champions League. Uh, and... And guys, it's going to be, um, well, it's not going to be a tricky game. They should win this against mm. Ajax, shouldn't they? Their Ajax haven't had, uh, I, I don't know, Brad, you've got maybe a bit more stats on Ajax uh, this season. But uh, with the players Manchester United have and the resources they have at mm. their disposal, they should really uh, they should really take this, shouldn't they? Yeah, you, you'd think so, given United's obvious strength and depth. But if you look at Ajax, they've, they've been scoring quite a few goals this season and and also in the Europa League, they've been conceding quite a few as well. I mean, they beat Leon four-one in the first leg, and then went to went to Leon's in Leon in the second leg, and they lost three-one. So they're, they're obviously scoring goals, but obviously conceding quite a few as well. A bit like Monaco in in the Champions League, who are scoring quite a few goals, conceding quite a few as well. So it could be quite an open and quite a. Um, well, maybe not because it's a Mourinho yeah, team. I was going to say you're not going to get an open an with open with Ajax. Either. There, you know, Ajax are always capable of scoring a goal, and they only lost to Eredivisie by by one point. So okay. it's yeah. they, it's not going to make things easy for United. And United are certainly going to have to perform a lot better than they than they have done in the league, mm. and certainly across the two legs against Celta Vigo because they were quite lucky to get through in the end. I so. think, as you said, with Ajax. It, it, they're quite up and down, aren't they? I mean, mm. they, they can score a fair bit, but they can also concede as well. I mean, if you look at the semi-finals, um, you know, in the first leg, they looked really good. I remember yeah, yeah. watching them. Um, Birch and Trial, they old yeah, Chelsea yeah, man. They had, a, they, had, they had a good game, but then in the second leg, it, they didn't look great. Mm. So it, I think it depends what Ajax team's going to turn up on the day. But don't forget, United need to win this. They, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's massive for them, and I I can't see anything but United win. To be honest with I was, you, well, I was going to say that Mourinho said that this their season is still a success, even if they don't win this Europa League. But oh, I've got to say, I no. completely disagree. I, I don't see where the success is there. No, I know, and well, he's, if anything, if he doesn't get them qualified then he's taken them backwards hasn't he from yeah. coming in and signing well, you, Pogba signing Ibrahimovic and that he he's 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 doing less for them than than Van Hal did well, yeah, you think Even about Moyes. you think yeah. yeah but you think about this season and if if it was still um Louis Van Hal in charge we'd be sitting here talking about okay I th- we we need to get United need to get rid of this manager mm. you know it's just I don't know, I think that's my anti anti Mourinho coming out again but mm. no back to the back to the final I can't see anything but a, but a United win. They were very lucky to get through the semi mm. the semi final, but 
I think they will turn up on the day. What well, one of the interesting things I think w- with this final is the fact that he will play Romero in goal. Obviously, mm. he yeah. kept a clean sheet against Southampton last night and saved a penalty in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's he's a fantastic understudy, isn't he? I think he's got eighty seven caps for Argentina. Played in a World Cup final. Played at another uh, World Cup. Well, played in two finals of a World Cup. He's he's a fantastic goalkeeper. Um, but De Gea is it is is it because maybe he's on his way out of 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 United this uh, this summer? What, what why do you think he's playing Romero? And it's the same for Arsenal mm. with Aspina. Why are they playing him instead of Czech in the Champions League? I think it's interesting because the rumours about De Gea leaving United have, have not gone away over the past few years. I mean, he was very close to to signing for Real Madrid a couple of years ago, and I had it not been for a broken fax machine. Yeah, broken fax machine. He would he would have got there. So. Um, I, I do think it's interesting and I think that in the, in a final you need to be playing your, your best available mm. team and that and De Gea is, is their number one goalkeeper arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the world and I, I find it it's a bit like Arsenal last year I couldn't understand why they were playing Ospina in goal against Bayern Munich and they did it the same this year like you're playing one of the best teams in the world and you're putting your number two goalkeeper in goal mm. When you're playing the best teams, you play your best yeah, team. It doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't make sense to me, and it does. It does indicate to me that maybe De Gea is on his way out of of United. You know, Mourinho he does have quite a big personality, and sometimes that doesn't fit with players. Yeah, like he, he fell out yeah. with Hazard last mm-hmm. year and whatever. So maybe that has happened with up at United again. And it's strange how he's he's not he's been. Uh, dropping him in the league as well. He didn't play last night. Mm, He's not played uh, some other games as well. I do think that's the only logical explanation there. I mean, as we said, there's been talks of De Gea going to Madrid for a while now. It looks like it finally could happen this season. And interestingly enough, uh, Sky Sports are now saying that Courtois is uh, looking, as of today, looking to stay at Chelsea. And Mm -hmm. they've opened contract negotiations today because it was always the two of them, wasn't it? It was which Mm. one's going to end up at Mm. Real Madrid and it looks like they it could be to Haya, which is music to my ears. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd I'd still play him. He's he's. It's not like he's gonna mm. not give everything for his last ever United game, is it? No, I and uh, silly. well, and I, th- and I think another thing that's been that's, that's been going on at Old Trafford this year is obviously the fact they've played so many games um, after they after they play the Ajax, the final against Ajax, they will have played sixty four games this season. I mean that is that is that is plenty of games and but obviously Man United have got the squad to kind of rotate mm. and they can put and they can put different players in different positions. Mm. And Mourinho is really making this um a, a massive excuse for if they it's do the lose. Really, yeah and it really irritates me though because personally <laughs> like football players are played are paid mm. to play football mm. and they love playing football and I, I find it like I find it difficult to keep saying, "Oh, yeah, we're playing loads of games." Everyone, play, every team plays loads of games. If you if you're going far in competitions, you expect and plan for playing, yeah, exactly. yeah. playing for like even more games. I mean, he, he's saying he say he keep just keeps moaning about, "Oh, they don't care about the Premier League anymore," and they've played so many games and put all of this about Pogba and Ibrahimovic and whatever. It just it just really irritates me. Like yeah. just stop moaning and just focus on the games because every other team has to has to play certainly in Europe and in like Ajax. They've played probably a similar amount of well, games yeah, gonna, as we're United. Go later, but Monaco have Monaco mm. have played 62, 63 games, mm. semi-finals of the Champions League. You, d- and you don't hear the them moaning about yeah, it. Exactly. So. And Mourinho, Mourinho just thinks oh, he's, he's the big man, he can say whatever he wants. It just, it just irritates me, to be honest. I mean, mm. football players are paid to play football matches and they enjoy playing football matches and I don't see why 
he's making such a big deal about playing so many games because he should be preparing yeah. for that. He should have known if they were targeting Europa League at the start of the season, he would have known they were going to play mm-hmm. so many extra games. Yeah. So why is he making such a big deal out of it? I think it's clear to see we're not big Mourinho fans here at the no. so far, are we? <laughs> well, you used to love him. You're, oh, he's mate. a bit of a Judas to you now, isn't he? So yeah, that was the uh, the Europa League final. Um, just a quick plug to say that we will be uh, recording our first ever proper YouTube video next week. Uh, in the, well, I want to say in the Soccer Sofa Studios. They're not, it's not really the Soccer Sofa Studios, is it? It's, uh, <laughs> oh, it is the Soccer Sofa Studios. <laughs> behave like it. We've made um, out a load of money for this, you know, <laughs> spending all our student loans and whatnot. Yeah, we've we've even hired a, a, a producer who's actually look, looking in, in the studio now. He's got, with a smile on his face, he's going to be helping us out, Will White. So uh, we'll be, uh, he's, he's happy to help. So we'll have him next week. Um, but yeah, well, that'll be going on YouTube. So, of course, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on. Um, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and that you'll get all the links to how how to view that next week. Um, but without further ado, we're going to move on to Bradley's rubbing his hands. <laughs> he's grinning, look at he's him. Can't he's wait. Uh, because uh. Walter Mazzari, of course, it was announced yesterday that he will be leaving Watford at the end mm. of the season. Uh, they've got one home game left against Manchester City, and it, well, it hasn't been a bad season for Watford no. in terms of results. But I think, but Brad, you'll be able to expand on this a lot better mm. than I will be able to. But I think that it's his maybe his style of football, and yeah. he can't speak English yet properly. He doesn't mm. speak English in press conferences, does he? And that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't ring that doesn't ring mm. true, or that doesn't make fans happy to yeah. happy to see him in the dugout when he's not making an effort to, yeah. to learn English and communicate with them. That, that's two of the main points why he has gone. To be honest, I think. I think people from the outside looking in think, oh, Watford staying up, it's immediately a good season. Um, but the reason we got rid of Kike Sanchez Flores last summer was that partly because of our form from January to the end of last season wasn't very good apart from the FA Cup run. And part of the reason we bought in Matt Zari is because he was heralded to be the man who in time was going to take us to the next level. He was going to take us or push, make us push for the top 10, maybe even break into the top 10 in, in the next few years. and Which he has nearly done, in all fairness. No, he's, he's not he really... Could, well, I, I think before your game the other day, if you'd have won both your games, you would have finished in the top half, wouldn't you? Mm. So is that not a, is that not a successful season? Is that but not what you're after? Look at look at our form from December onwards. We've won six games in the league and picked up just 22 points. That is relegation form. And arguably, if... If Paul Clement or Marco Silva had come in earlier at Swansea or Hull, it would be Watford that would be relegated yeah, this they, season. But they haven't been relegated. I think that's how you got to look at it. Mm. I mean, but, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're 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 the one who knows the ins and outs of Watford more more than us two, and it, it it might be a good decision. But where where are you? Where have you finished this this season? We've we finished sixteenth, and we're only two points above Swansea. And one of the there's a lo- load of reasons why. It's, I, I wasn't too surprised when I heard the news yesterday because mm-hmm. um, tactically we've been all over the place all season. Um, players have looked confused on the pitch. Cabaselli uh, sitting down. Cabaselli sitting down, not even want to come in on coming on, coming on the pitch against Stoke earlier this season. Um, conceded a load of goals. Players don't look like they know what they're doing from set pieces. Um, obviously, the the communication yeah. problem. Um, you see him on the on the touchline waving away and ranting and raving and none of the none of the players have a clue what he's saying because he's saying it all in Italian and they don't have a clue what he's what he's telling them and you often see um like members of the of the backline staff or the background staff 
translating, which which isn't ideal. There's been lots of rumours about Mazzari falling out with the players at the club, mm. falling out of Troy Deeney. Yeah. He's on, Player, the, on players the bench, not, wasn't yeah, he was on the bench and he came on the last five minutes the other night. Um, players not happy about his training methods. Um, style of football as well. We've not really looked like we've we're gonna create any apart Chelsea aside. That was one of the one games we've, oh, we've turned a, up that was a mad, recently. That was a madness game, wasn't it? And that was one of the only games we've turned up recently. But that's because that Chelsea side, are playing Ola Aina. Yeah, Ola Aina. Ola Aina. Who is he? Um, <laughs> Leave him be. <laughs> We, I think we uh, half of your team has even played for us on loan. We had Chalaba, yeah, 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 Kennedy. 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 We've, well. we've scored half of your team on there <laughs> the other night, so you've got us to thank for that. But um, no, going back, going back to the manager situation, I think it really depends on how you want to look at manage, managerial mm. sackings. There are, I think, there are two types of people. There are people that are, are for uh, owners that just get rid of. Managers, well, you know, like well, we it. see this the Pozzo family mm. here. They've, they, yeah, I think this exactly. is going to be the next manager next season is going to be their ninth, yeah, in exactly. five seasons. Yeah. It's and crazy, it's, isn't and it? it's well, and, you, and if you look at the progression of Watford through that time, getting rid of the manager and bringing in a new manager yeah. in with a, with fresher ideas, yeah, yeah, fresher yeah. opinions, it has been working has for you, hasn't yeah. it? That's the thing, that's the thing. Like, I you could you could say, oh, it's it's ruthless, it's you know it's entitled almost but i think it's i think it's good i think it's ambitious you you can exactly see the intentions of the owners that, here. that's when what people at, don't understand yeah when they were at udinese they got they got uh, they got them to the champions league mm-hmm. um you gave me an example earlier off air. Um, they owned Granada in, in ex- Spain yeah. and they sold them, I think it was last year, and this is the first season that they've um, that they've been without the Posse family and they've immediately got relegated from exactly. the league. So Bought in go. Tony Adams, you know, with his, his dance moves and his, <laughs> his training. Tony. Moves. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there you go. I mean, it, that, that just, it just goes to show. We're going to get it? the ball out of it. We're going <laughs> to get out of this goal and we're going to stick it in the other. <laughs> Go on, Jack. Oh, Sorry, no, what are you mate, saying, I've, mate? I've been put I keep thinking of Tony Adams and his dance moves. And <laughs> but just, no, I was as a waiter mm. on, the, on, on the sidelines. <laughs> what, what people don't really understand is, is the Pozzo family aren't, are, are ambitious. Watford aren't just in the Premier League just to make up the numbers and just settle for 16th, 17th place finish each year. They're showing at Udinese that they can bring a small club and put, put them into the Champions League. And I look. You look at like teams like Stoke and Southampton. You look at Southampton when when they got rid of Nigel Adkins. Everyone everyone was like, "What on earth are they doing? Bringing in this unknown Argentinian manager who's, who's never never managed in the Premier League before." Yeah. But Pochettino came in. And he changed that club around. He, he's yeah. got them into the top, look, look top at, eight. But I don't look think he actually bringing, up, uh, bringing in washed up Claudio Ranieri. Look what happens yeah. there. I don't think Pochettino spoke English for no. his first season, did he? Either mm, he didn't speak. He had a translation, English, yeah. didn't he? So yeah, he's just brilliant. Yeah, well, he's a brilliant manager, isn't he? But well, that's I, what people don't understand. What Watford owners have have a lot of ambition, and and they're not prepared to accept 16th or 17th every single season. They want to build, yeah. and hopefully the, the long ambition is for the club to. to be to be like Southampton, be in the Europa League, and Matt Zai was meant to be the guy that was going to make us push push on. And if anything, he's taken us backwards on the pitch for not mm. playing anywhere near as well as we should have been. Players don't know what they're doing. Tactics all wrong. Defending from set pieces has been awful season. Um, it's it's a whole load of issues, and he hasn't connected with fans either. I mean, obviously the language barrier hasn't helped, but. He's made no effort to, mm-hmm. to come over and, and interact with the fans. Saying things in his, his post-match 
press conferences like um, if, Wat- if Watford lose their last six games and it's normal. But it's if if anyone loses six games in a row in any league, it's not normal. Yeah, no, of course. And after every game, he would say, "Oh, we deserved a draw. We deserved to win." But if we'd have picked up as many points as we deserve to have done according to Matt Zari then we probably have won the league so can I ask you a question quickly before, just before we go on to yes. who's going to be manager next year of course mm. you're going to ask some opinions on that Troy Deeney he was relegated he was well he's been relegated to the bench against Chelsea mm. do you think that it's time that you move on from Deeney do you think that he's that captain that leader that will take you to the next level or do you think you need to sign someone else it's, it's prompted a lot of debate among Watford fans because there are some that think his his time is now coming to an end and are not happy with the way he um, has been outspoken about our um, some of our players and he has been outspoken about the manager as well. Um, I personally still think he has a lot a, a role a, a big role still to play. I mean, he's been one of the constants in this Watford side since we, we since we came up and. If you say Watford to any person, the first player they think of is Troy Deeney. Mm. He he is he is the guy that symbolises that, that that club really, um, and he's our main goal scorer. He scored ten goals this season, thirteen last season. He scored over twenty goals when we came up from the Championship, and he does a lot more than just bring goals to the Watford side. Mm. He brings leadership. He's he can he can uh, hold the ball up well. He can bring others into play. Um, so I I do think he still has a role to pl- role to play at this club. But thirty um, million from Leicester, I think you've got they got off a yeah, deal. I would take that in a heartbeat. Mm, for Troy. I know crazy. that he's I, I maybe it's because he he is he is a, he's a Watford legend, isn't mm. he? You don't want to you don't want to lose those guys from yeah. the from the dressing room because he, as he says, he's mm. more than just a goal scorer for Watford. But it, for thirty million for Dean, yeah. I think. Uh, you've got to take that. Yeah, I you've think you've got to take that. He has been linked to West Brom Brom this year, and I think a, a lot of again. a <laughs> lot of fans have said if we got a twenty million offer, which has been rumoured from West Brom, then we should take it. But um, I think the Potsdams have shown over the last few years that they they generally don't sell their best. Or certainly at Watford, they generally don't sell their best players mm. apart from Igalo who, who went off the ball and he wasn't it was one the of the right best time. players he right, had a lucky streak the right time to, uh, to go in January they've generally rejected bids certainly at Watford for, for their best players mm. so it's going to be interesting I think certainly if a new manager comes in if, if Matt Zari had certainly stayed on and I think Deeney would have left this summer a lot of um, there was a report in the Daily Mail that said if Matt Zari had stayed on most of the team would have left this yeah. summer so it's going to be interesting to see if we do bring uh, another who the next manager is, where what sort of role Dini is going to have in that side, mm. whether he is going to be the the first name on the team sheet, or whether he's going to be playing a similar role to what he has been over the last couple of weeks, which has been in and out of the side and mainly being on the bench recently. So it's so, going to be interesting. So who? We'll just we'll quickly finish off this topic by saying who who would you want in charge at the start of next season? Mm. Who would you ideally say yes? I want I want him. Well, because there's a few to choose from and there's yeah. a few decent options. There's a few few managers who, who have been linked. Um, Ranieri, uh, Leonid Slutsky and Marco Silva have been the main three. I think out of those three, I, I would have Silva, to be honest. He's, he's young, 39. He's done a really good job at Hull City. Mm. Um, on, a, on a tight budget, he bought in players like Nias and Markovic in And he let in go January. of some of his top players let, as well, exactly, didn't he? Exactly, he let go of Snodgrass to, to West Ham. And they haven't really missed him that much. They brought, brought in Grzycki, is it? And he's mm, done quite Grzycki, well, the, the yeah. Polish winger. Had him in he's the fantasy got, team, didn't you, Jack? 
Yeah, it didn't work out too well, though. <laughs> he's had Nias scoring well up front. He's had um, Markovic on loan from Liverpool, Renokia, players who have been stuttering in their careers. And he's got the best out of them, and he's really forged a team spirit and team unity at Hull. And I, I think he could do the same at Watford, but obviously he has been linked with... With bigger jobs, with bigger jobs and obviously if they come in, pay, play, things, people like if, Southampton if, and West Ham and whatever, if they came if offered, in, then yeah, it's going to be, it might be difficult for us to attract him. Exactly, yeah, as I was going to say, if Watford, if Watford managed to get him, that would be a great, be that would be great. Because he it? could really build something, I feel, because the constant change of the managers, it's it's come to a point now where the next the next one is probably the, the biggest appointment that the Potter family have made at Watford, because... We can't keep changing our managers every year, as we just be going straight back yeah, to square one. We just be it, yeah. building every single, just going back to square one every single year and starting again. So we need, we need to think long term and think about the guy who's going to be with us for a couple of years and who's going to take us to the next level. Not Jukanovic. Either he's just been knocked out of the playoffs with Fulham. Mm, I, and I, he's, I can't he's see him. Well. I can't see him going back for for someone who they released a couple of years ago because yeah. it would be it would be admitting a mistake. Yeah. Um. But don't get me wrong. I love I love Big Slav. He's a Great manager, <laughs> big, slab. Uh, big slab, great guy. Um, you know him personally, dear. <laughs> I'd love to say I could, but uh, I don't. But yeah, so Marco Silva, you'd you'd like obviously, and then Ranieri, like Slutsky's the the Russian national mm. team manager, isn't he? He, he actually lo- looks a bit like a slug, doesn't he? He's quite a funny <laughs> looking bloke. And uh, Guido Linapardi were another Pardew. couple who I saw with, were God. linked. I don't think Pardew. you would go God, with Pardy. I don't even want to think about what Pardy would do. Yeah. <laughs> So before we move on to our final topic this week, uh, we'll just talk you through the Fantasy Premier League Transfer of the Week. And of course, there's only one game left in this year's Premier League season. And we're going to stick uh, Coutinho in. Uh, he grabbed a couple of goals and an assist, uh, I think, in his in his previous game against West Ham. Um, got, got a number of points. And of course, Liverpool are one of the only clubs who are playing for something um, in this in in this the last weekend mm. of the season they're obviously battling for top four with Arsenal and Liverpool really do need to win that game because there's every chance Arsenal will be Everton at the Emirates so Coutinho will be the main man and he'll be the one pulling the strings trying to get them all three points that will of course confirm that they will be playing in Europe's top European competition next year uh, so Coutinho will be going in I think he's eight point six million off the top of the top of my head though I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, but our final topic this week is Monaco. They, of course, confirmed that they have uh, won the League 1 title. Um, <laughs> like a French day, really. Yeah, well, oh. bonjour. Oh. You've been taking tips <laughs> from Jay Barton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is no... Well, it's all thanks, really, to the, the dynamic duo they've got up front, Falcao and Mbappe. Mbappe is linked with, well, every club under the sun, isn't it? They all want a bit of... They all want a bit of Killian, don't Apart they? Apart from Norwich, yeah. Apart, well, <laughs> and Watford. Ah, he's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not good enough for either of those. We've got Cameron Jerome, mate. Um, Troy Deeney. Troy Deeney. But yeah, they. So it's this is it's just an, an incredible story, really. If you five years ago they finished eighth in League Two. Um, <laughs> so what? So so what a turnaround that has been in five in five years. They've made up. I, I think is there twenty or eighteen teams. They've made up. 
28. Yeah, 28 places, and they've beaten PSG. Uh, and Unai Emery's had a shocking first season there, isn't he? They'll probably mm-hmm. be regretting letting Laurent Blanc go because it, it's expected that PSG should win that league. Um, but of course, Monaco has tr- have trumped them this year. Falcao has got 27 goals, and Mbappe's been voted the league uh, uh, <laughs> young player of the season <laughs> award. Uh, guys, it's, it's just well, well, and we and we say. Um, Manchester United have played a lot of games, 64. Well, Monaco have played 60. They're going to play, have played 63 when they finish yeah, their doubt, season. I doubt they've got half as half as much squad depth as, no. as United do either. But but Monaco, we've said it on here a couple of times before. They're such an exciting team to watch. Mm. I mean, the French the French league kind of had uh, the reputation of being boring and being a kind of like a, a one team league, didn't it? Before before this season, you've had Nice at the top. You've had you know. Uh, obviously Monaco winning it but they're such an exciting team uh, don't forget they lost a few good players as well didn't they Carrasco mm. Hamas Rodriguez and Martial but they've replaced them with young exciting you know forward thinking players mm. um, I think the manager's done a great job mm. I like the, their style of play their philosophy with um, you know two attacking fullbacks, two strikers which is always great to see Um Solid midfield, Bakayoko. Yeah, you know, creative players on the flanks as well. Um, um, just a team that everyone enjoys watching, and I'm, I'm, I'm very glad mm. they've won the league. I but think I think deserved it. Yeah, I think one of the one of their problems could be Brad is that their their top players are obviously going to be linked with mm. with these top clubs around Europe, yeah. and it's unfortunate because Monaco could be such a fashionable club. I think that like it's a, the Monaco Grand Prix is famous, isn't it? Yeah. And, and Monaco, the football team, could go down that route, but they mm. obviously do need to hold on to their best players, and it's unfortunate that 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 league is probably out of the top five European leagues is probably the weakest mm. um, but, they, but they've but they shown that they've got the Champions League semi-finals that they can perform yeah. on, in, in, in Europe's top competition yeah. and it's, well do, do you think they'll move on their, their top players or do you think they might be able to keep them I, I mean I, f- I think Mbappe I think it's inevitable that he, he is good to go this, this summer yeah. or, or yeah. next summer oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's inevitable can they squeeze another season out of him though I, I hope they do I, hope I, f- they do. I for think his development. for his development yeah because you look at the teams linked with him and you can't see him being starting week in week out at Madrid just yet with mm. Benzema Ronaldo and Bale there same with Barcelona I can't see him starting mm. week in week out there with their front three so I think I think probably another season would do him good there because he's he's a fantastic young talent and I think I think the club deserve a lot of credit because a couple of years ago they were spending a shed load of money and bringing in big name players like Falcao like Moutinho but they've changed their stance over the yeah, past couple of years ago and they've decided to give young players a chance and they've proven it's worked players like Mbappe like Bakayoko like Silva all fantastic young talents I think they deserve a lot of credit and a lot a lot of clubs should should look at Monaco's model and be thinking about whether they could certainly introduce it because there are a lot of talented young players out there who are certainly not getting the amount of game time that they need they often have to go out to on loan whether it be to a sort of lower club or, or, or to a club in another league in another country so I certainly think they deserve praise for their model because They've realised that spending a whole lot of money isn't isn't doesn't necessarily constitute success straight away. In that, mm. if you give young players a chance and you give them time to develop, that they that they can 
develop and turn into into star players and that's certainly been the case with Mbappe and you look at Falcao he didn't do it he didn't really settle in England he's gone straight back to France and he scored 27 goals so it just shows you that certainly given the chance that young players can certainly develop and turn into star star players and, and important players but what a season they've had I mean they've got the best attack statistically this is all statistically They've got the best attack in the league. They've got the second best defence in the league. They've got the most wins and the fewest defeats. There's only one thing that they're bottom of, and that's actually the attendance. With uh, is it? Yeah, nine thousand three hundred twenty-four average attendance wow. at Monaco. Really? Yeah. Crikey. Yeah. yeah I did, yeah. Think well, I did not know that. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a it's a small ground, isn't mm. it? It's a small. I think ground, it only but... holds eighteen thousand something. But like yeah, that. Uh, yeah, you'd think with the amount of stuff you. St- Talented young players. Yeah, like get, there. Me people, get me on the plane. Yeah. I'll go watch the yeah. play. <laughs> um, you can go and be a Chelsea scout and watch a bit of Mbappe. See if you can get him, get him in at Stamford Bridge. Oh, by the way, when is just just so the soccer sofas listeners know when are Chelsea moving into their new stadium? Is it at the end of next season or it's end of uh, next no, season? No, uh, no, no. Well, it's Spurs, a bit all over the place it? at the moment, isn't it? It's it keeps being keeps getting held back and back and back. I mean, there was even talks of us being at Wembley for four seasons. Really? Uh, the other week, yeah, which would be a nightmare if we were. <laughs> we certainly do better than Spurs though, if they record yeah. that. Wem- Wembley's our second home, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Wembley's our second home. I'm so looking, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to beating Arsenal there in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I so have it's bad not memories of Wembley. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not set in stone. I've got yet. brilliant memories of Wembley and Norwich. But so it's going to be a couple of seasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's not set okay. In stone yet. So, yeah, thanks very, very much, everyone, uh, for tuning in to the Soccer Sobers podcast again. Uh, and there's just a final uh, au revoir from uh, Brad and Jack um, merci, merci. And, uh, and me, Elliot merci, uh, Lake. So, merci beaucoup. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, hopefully we'll see you again next week. <laughs>